Great. Well, this is fun. This is really fun. Uh, we've, we've got a, a panel. What I'm going to do, just to explain, is I'm going to introduce the, the panel or, or give them a chance to just to say a little bit about their context. Then I'm going to talk for as short as possible. Uh, and then we're going <laughs> to... Uh, and then we're going to take some questions on Micah 68. Um, yeah. So I mean, there could there could be an, a bunch of you that were invited into the panel. It's not that you guys aren't loving mercy, acting justly, and what's the other one? I, ne I never remember that third one. <laughs> what is it about hum humility that I just don't get? Um, and then we're gonna. Yeah. So it, it could have been a lot of you, but I've just kind of chosen it. what I hope is something of a an average. No offense. <laughs> Selection of people, but all people that, whether their context looks obvious or not, um, they're people that I think have caught something of this, and I am learning Micah 6.8 through. Um, so uh, if you could just explain who you are and what you get up to, quick, I hope so. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Uh, my name's Simon. Um, I am privileged to lead a bunch of uh, people on Thursday night. Uh, part of street teams, so we go out and spread the love of God on the streets of Cheltenham on a Thursday night. But that's not that's not your full time vocation. No, no. so I've got family uh, that keep me busy and a job. Great. So yeah, busy, busy, busy. Bro, who's next? Hi, I'm Nam. You might have seen me on here before. So I'm a mission partner with Trinity, and um, I'm based in northeast Thailand with a church planting team in an unreached people group. So we do evangelism in places where there are no Christians. We do helping the church do evangelism as well, because there is a small local church, but yeah, quite yeah. insular. So helping them get out there. Fine. Thank you. Um, I'm Laura, and um, I'm just a full-time mum. <laughs> Whoa. Some people are clapping that. Some people are disagreeing with it. <laughs> Did on purpose. <laughs> Just testing. Um, yeah, so I've been doing that for five years. I was an RE teacher before that. And I do a bit of stuff with women's work here. And um, open the book team at Gilbert's Little Primary School. And a few other bits and bobs. Hi, I'm Andrew, and I'm just uh, a pastor in this church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I lead the team here, been here five months. Uh, before that, Nikki and I were in Aylesbury. That's the most important calling I have, is being married to Nikki. Second most important, well, first one's Jesus. Sorry, I Whoa. do know the right answer. Off the panel. Jesus, Off Nikki, panel. Rachel and Naomi, and then you. Wow. Great. I mean, one of the amazing things about Andrew is, when it comes to showing mercy, he signs my paycheck every month. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what an incredible indication of a merciful man. So, um, really fun. I, I thought it would it'd be helpful for you to know a little bit of their context, just so you can text in specific questions. You might be thinking, well, what, does, what does it look like for a mum who's juggling all this kind of stuff? Uh, how, how does mercy, what, what does that look like? Or what does it look like when you're, when you're moved from your home and your family and your country, what, what does mercy look like in that context? Or what does it look like when you're trying to run a nine to five and going straight from work to, uh, to collect from Greg so you can distribute some food? Um, or what does it look like to, to lead a staff team with people like David on it? Or, you know, what, <laughs> all those contexts. So thank you for the messages that are coming in. Uh, some of them are actually serious, which is encouraging. <laughs> thank you, everyone else. 
So Micah 6.8, uh, we've been looking at this. We, we, um, it's, it's early days in our life with a, a new lead pastor. I'm going to be careful what I say about him because he's very close by. And, and we're just trying to figure out what God's calling us to. We're just trying to figure this big picture of vision, 2020 vision, what God's, how God wants to shape us. Um, and some of that, or all of that, what, what, I'm, what we're saying about this Micah 6.8, where we don't know exactly where God's leading us, and, and, and do be praying for us as we, as we figure that out as a, as a leadership team, as we talk with the PCC tomorrow night. There's, there's stuff that's stirring around vision uh, and moving forward, and we'll be communicating more about that in January, I believe. Um, so, but what, it, what I can say is it's not going to not look like Micah 6.8. It's not going to not look like this. That's one of the richness of getting stuck into this, this verse that is that is just foundational about what it is to be Jesus-like, uh, what it is to follow, follow Jesus. So it's the big picture. Don't forget to be texting in your questions. So it's not going like, it's, it's, it's to not look like this. Um, we're just going to quickly look at a guy called Zacchaeus in the Bible. You might have heard of him already. You might want to turn to Luke chapter 19, switch your phones on, grab a Bible from the front. It's not going to be on the screen. Controversial. And we're just going to grab a few little points out of this, uh, and then we'll gather some of your questions. In fact, while I do, I might pass this phone to Andrew, just, just so he can have a look at if there's any good ones. <clears throat> just delete those ones from the people over there. <laughs> so, oh Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it shapes us and changes us. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. It's a big statement, but we won't get into that. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the... Okay. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Let's try and keep this really quick. There's just something significant about the fact that Jesus is passing through this place and he looks up and he sees someone who is hungry. Someone who is aware that his normal context, his normal everyday life is not having a positive effect on the world around him. He's deeply aware of that and he's hungry to meet this Jesus who he hears is incredibly merciful. Living a life that is that is attractive when his life that he's living is not. That's the first point. That was quick, wasn't it? So Jesus meets hunger passing through, and he meets hunger. There's something about being Jesus followers that when we meet hunger, we meet the hunger, if that makes sense. When we see people who are hungry or see a need, we want to know how we can, how we can help that, and we respond. And that's what Jesus did. Seeing a hunger in Zacchaeus, even though he had loads, there was a need and there was hunger. What I find fascinating is how the people grumble. I don't know if you're used to grumbly people. 
I'm not going to make any comment about the house I live in, but sometimes there can be grumbles. Sometimes there can be for all sorts of reasons. But what I find interesting is, is everyone's like, I'm sure most people in that crowd would have loved to have Jesus in their home, would have loved that opportunity. And yet, Jesus ends up at Zacchaeus' house, this person that everyone knew was just a tax collector and a, a, tax collector and a bit of a fraud. I mean, nowadays, we just, we just get Her Majesty's Revenue service or whatever. We don't even get a face to it, so we can't be angry at a particular person. I don't know if you've ever had um, a tax demand around Christmas time. Anyone? It's just not when you want to have, find out that you've overpaid, or underpaid, I mean, underpaid your tax or whatever it is. Um, but th- there's no face to it. In, in those days, there was a face. There was this Zacchaeus guy, and, and he wasn't, he wasn't particular pop, particularly popular. And it's interesting who Jesus ends up spending time with. I wonder if you're having a lot of meals with a lot of saved people and wondering where Jesus is in the midst of the problems that you're going through. It might be that Jesus is next door. You just need to move next door. It might be that Jesus is with a messy bunch of people and he's waiting for you there. So we're saying, come Holy Spirit in these gatherings and maybe he's in a broken place. Maybe the Holy Spirit is in a broken place going, come Holy Church. I wonder if that's a challenge for us. Great, that'll be enough from me. Is there space for me on this panel somewhere? Andrew, have we got any good questions? Yeah. Do you want to start us off with one and I'll sure, catch up? Sure, sure. Okay. So um, there's loads of great questions coming in, including did we set the entire series up for Micah Dakin? <laughs> no. Uh, which came first, Micah or the dinosaurs? But. I love the question that's come in, and there's some great, great questions. There's ones about, just to give a bit of heads up, uh, questions about um, balancing as a full-time mother and when there's so much to do. Uh, someone's asked a question about workplace when you're with, in a negative environment and you're trying to live this stuff out. But, but a question which I think we could maybe start with is, what's an example of mercy that we have experienced? Someone uh, of loving mercy that we have experienced. Cool. When we've shown it or that we've experienced I think we've just experienced it was the implication okay. of the question. Great. Yeah. Um, one that springs to mind is if I think of mercy as kindness when I'm, you know, really down and can't help myself, that's mercy, isn't it? And, and God just always comes through in those moments when I can't come through for myself. Um, and one example that springs to mind is I was at a real low about... Uh, February time this year and uh, in this real isolated spot and um, in Thailand and this team came to visit us in our isolated place and they just came for a day Anna and Duncan were in that team as was Jamie who's here now Um, and it just um, was God's mercy to me to send this group of 12 people on fire for God um, to come and minister to us, to travel across the country, bless the place and minister to us and pray for us. And I wasn't expecting to be prayed for. I mean, they were there to kind of pray for the land and pray for the people, but they prayed for me and God really spoke to me and I was really moved by that and how God provided for me. Mm. Brilliant. Great. We're going to try, because there's loads of questions coming in, we'll try and be as succinct as, as, as possible. Um, there's, there's a question around um, 
being a, a full-time mom and loving Mercy, what does that look like? How do you, how do you fit it in when things are so hectic? Um, <clears throat> I think I've, I've just learned that when you take care of God's business, he takes care of your business. Um, and I think it is important, and I'm, I am okay at saying no. Um, for example, we um, have, we're on, we on Night Stop. I don't know whether anyone's come across Night Stop. It's um, a charity based out of Gloucester where you put up somebody between the age of 16 and 24 who is kind of in between homelessness and finding somewhere to live. And um, often you get the call and it's not convenient mm. and um, you want to say no. But what we've found is that the more we say yes, the more other things fall into place. So this week we've been hosting someone and I just don't think it was a coincidence that um, as a full-time mum, you know, I shouldn't say full-time mum, everyone's a full-time mum, but I'm a stay-at-home mum. You know, trying to sort out kids' storage. Does anyone else find that hard? You know, chucking out stuff before Christmas. You've got stuff piling up everywhere and I was really trying to sort out the playroom. I was praying about it. You know, it sounds like a stupid little thing, but I was prayed about it. But this week, we ended up hosting someone four nights, um, which was a bit of extra work. But it was no coincidence that I found the exact storage unit that I had found online that was over 500 pounds at Feather and Black that I just had fallen in love with. And James had said, no way. (laughs) (laughs) I found it this week after we'd hosted four nights. On Friday, I went into a new charity shop, British Heart Foundation on Coronation Square, furniture charity shop that had opened up. And I was face-to-face with the exact unit that I had priced for over £500 of Feather and Black. It was nearly new. It was wonderful. It had all the inserts I would have chosen. And it was complete. And it was 60 quid. Yes, Lord. And, and that, that phrase came to mind. You look after my... You take care of my business, and I'll take care of yours. Mm, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Great. We've had one of the questions. Um, Ken... Uh, David and the team dance again with a little more enthusiasm from Andrew this time. Uh, I can answer that I, one. I saw that question. I just seemed to skip over it. Yeah, I don't know did, why. You did, didn't you? I can answer that. Yes. No, no. We're not going to do any more dancing. Um, here's a question. I'm going to throw this one to Simon's way. What happens to people on the street when the street team doesn't go out and doesn't collect the leftover food? Don't know. Yeah. Great. There you go. Easy. Um... Yeah, really, if, if we're not there, what do they do? Hmm. What do they do? Yeah. Left to their own devices, um, whichever way that may look like. Um, there was one guy, uh, I've got loads and loads of stories, which I could bore you forever, but um, one guy, he said to me, he said, oh, glad I bumped into you. So I said, oh, why is that then? He says, uh, so I was really, really looking forward to a sandwich and, 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 and something to drink. He said, I've had nothing all day. He said, I was just about to rob some, someone. Mm. I went, oh, my word. I said, well, you know, thank God I'm here. Mm. Thank God we're here. Yeah. We got a sandwich in the bag for you. There's a cup of tea, there's a sandwich, and by the way, there's a cake with it as well. Mm. Don't go robbing people. Yeah. So, Simon, just following on, someone's saying, I've had no experience of being with homeless people. What do I need? What do you need? Right. I've got it in my pocket. <laughs> there you go. Oh, brilliant. That's all you need. That's all you need. Is well. stick your hat on and come out with us. That's all you need. Yeah. There's, there, there'll be people that show you what to do. There'll be people that, um, that, that will walk beside you. Um, I started doing this years ago, um, and Chris Banwell... Um, was, was, was sort of instigating in that. Um, so was Sue Lang. Um, and 
I thought, well, why am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? You know, I, I'm. I can't speak to people. I, I've got no affiliation with these people. I don't know, but I just felt God pushing me. Um, Moses was told, you know, it's not your words; it's mine. Get out there and do it. And that's that's held close to my heart. You know, it's not my words that are being spoken. It's it's those of the Lord. Um, there again, another story, a guy came along, he sat down beside us, and he said, uh, I said, you all right, mate? He said, uh, he said, yeah, I said, can I get you a cup of coffee? He says, yeah, he said, uh, I think I need one. So I said, all right, said, you know, what's going on then? So he says, my son died today. And I went, my word, you know, what do you say? Mm. What do you say? And I know, I sat on that bench for probably half an hour with this guy, maybe longer, and I couldn't tell you to this day what we said. But we sat and we laughed, we cried, uh, we spoke together. And I don't know what to, what to say. I wouldn't know what to say. But the words I was given was the Lord's words. So, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just something, thank you. There's just something just about, about time and counting the cost um, and, a, and, a, and a hunger. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? A, a hunger and going, I don't feel like I have anything to contribute here. But I'm willing to sit and be present and learn in, in the process. Um, a little bit of contribution. I, I should have said texts and comments. Welcome. So if you've got if you've got a comment, welcome. This this is a, a bit of both. Um, mercy is um, a translation of the Hebrew word hesed. Hesed is more usually translated loving kindness. Is that not a better reflection than mercy of what the Lord requires of us? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Loving kindness. I mean, that, that we... I think, David, um, the only comment I'd make, I absolutely agree with that, but one of, the, one of the richnesses that we have is different translations, is, is different ways of engaging with Scripture. And if you don't do this naturally, please do it. Just always read a passage in more than one version of the Bible. You will find so much um, from doing that. And I love the way that, of course, translating loving kindness is putting the emphasis on how we then work this stuff out, what we actually do. But we have to remember that what we're flowing through us is the mercy of God towards us. And it, that is loving kindness, but it's the, it's the character, the nature of God to be mercy. And that is his stance, his posture to us. And yes, that flows through us into loving kindness. But we have to have that sense of where all of this comes from. So if I may, my answer to that question about where have you seen mercy? Well, I've seen mercy in the way that God has treated me, in the way that he's forgiven me. And then every moment and in every encounter where I treat others the same way that God has treated me, that's mercy in action. That's humility. That's justice in action. Thank you. Uh, so this can be to anyone. Uh, what is most challenging aspect of this verse and how do you overcome this? What motivates you to carry on when you try to live this truth and you see no fruit? Definitely the most challenging for me is... Um, acting humbly, especially at home with your spouse. <laughs> so, um, for example, <laughs> this weekend, um, I'd kind of planned to like whisk James off for a night. It's his birthday next week. So um, I actually booked us in at his brother's house, who's just sort of got a new house and, and done the room up beautifully. And I sort of had this idea of having like a lovely evening out and then staying over and then going for breakfast on the bath road the next day and all that. 
So um, we went, <laughs> she doesn't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> so we went and had a night out. And when we got back to the house, James and Brad stayed up all night watching the ashes. So, and do you think oh, that's fine? So, and then he sort of crawled into bed at eight o'clock and said, you're right, and then fell asleep. <laughs> and I was lying there with my, I was just going, this was not what I'd envisaged. This, this isn't the marriage panel, Laura, just to clarify. This is, just... I had a choice then, didn't I? Like, do I, do I choose to like, feel aggrieved or do I just act humbly so I got my bible out and actually so the answer for me is read your bible like every day like two or three times a day like there's always answers and what was I up to well I was up to a little passage in Jonah and it was about the bit where the tree um Jonah sits down in a grump and this little tree grows um and then it shrivels up and he's angry with God and God's like, why are you angry? The tree grew and then it, you know, I gave and then I took away. You know, you didn't, you weren't, you weren't out of pocket. God had given this night away. My parents had the kids. And then it wasn't there. It was like something different to how I'd imagined. So what did I have to be grumpy about? So I decided I was going to bless him and not, you know, he needed that spontaneous time. Like that's the kind of thing they used to do when they were 15. Like, you know, he needed to be a bit irresponsible. James has that in his nature. He needs to be spontaneous. <laughs> It was a safe environment for irresponsibility. <laughs> so um, I just got up, got dressed, and took myself onto the bath road and potted in all the charity shops, had a lovely time. And then he, he rang and we went for breakfast at the Curious. So, you know, it was just that decision of, do I grump this out? And I have grumped it out on other occasions, certainly. But, or do I choose here to act humbly, hear what God has to say first, and then respond? Brilliant. Thank you. Um, so there's one here about it, it can be hard not to become proud about what we do. How do you deal with this temptation? Uh, and it follows another question about is it hard to show mercy without patronizing? Um, I, I think in some ways it, it, it can really be challenging. It can be, um, there's something about, about uh, being involved in the transform ministries that covers our King's Table stuff, um, uh, street teams, women's garage, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff we do. Actually, the reality is um, it's incredibly humiliating or humbling. It's incredibly humbling to, to think you've got something to offer and to see it, it being fruitless over, over the space of eight months, 10 months, 12 months as you, as you, as you love in the same way and don't see any, any change. So I think there's some, something about that. But also something of it is... Is, is, is just a decision to go, actually, there's, there's something for me to learn in this engagement, in this, in this contribution. So, so even when it comes to, as, as Mike's challenge is about inviting our neighbors, you might want to invite yourself to theirs. Sometimes we think that we have the thing to bring, um, and we, we fail to recognize that actually helping people to contribute to community is such a rich thing that we've lost in our, in our society. That there's such loneliness. But actually, to put something in someone's hands and say, hey, I'd love to come around to your house. I'd, I'd love for you to offer me something. And I think that's one of the, yeah. the, for me, that's the vision for what we want to see done through Transform Ministries, is actually the Isaiah 61 stuff ends up with, with those who were naked and poor and, and blind. They ended up rebuilding the city. So my, my desire is, is to see actually finding moments where we can 
um, give them purpose, find dignity, that they can be the ones that contribute, that we can figure out, okay, what is it that, where's the treasure in every individual around us? There's always God treasure. But for often when we're, when we're acting in mercy, some of that stuff is just hidden under a whole heap of life's mess and it takes a bit more determination but it's there and 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 god wants us to be speaking it so uh that ended up being a little mini preach i don't know if i answered the question but there is it it, it can be hard it can be hard not to think that you're coming along with a solution but actually some some level of conversation and 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 an awareness that as andrew said we're just those who who know mercy really well because we've been humiliated and and god's shown us love we've been at our lowest and 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 david can i just Connect you in, that. You with, interrupted me actually. I was still no, Just that connect that with your paycheck this month. Um, <laughs> now, I, I think the thing that's so powerful in the Zacchaeus story is how it was absolutely in the context of him and and his story. So Jesus goes to eat in his house. I mean, he doesn't get invited to a church or a church ministry. It's right there in the street, in his life. What's his problem? He's cut off from God. He's cut off from everyone else because of the way he's been living. What does Jesus do about that? He just breaks through the barrier. He absorbs the uncleanliness by eating with him. And that's the, it's the kind of that action into his life. And then the response of Zacchaeus is in line entirely with who he is, how he spends his time, his, his job. You know, it's through being a tax collector who, who now walks with humility and exercises mercy and loves justice. And I think that's part of the story here is not to put particular aspects of being Christians kind of up on a pedestal. And sort of putting any of us in a hierarchy of who's closer to God. This stuff is where we are day in, day out. And, and that takes away that sense of pride. If you just say, Lord, what have I got in my hand? And how can I do this tomorrow? How can I act justly, love mercy, walk humbly in that email, yeah. in that meeting, in that thing, in that being a mum? Great. Gonna, yeah. uh, another example of being humbled was um, every now and again you, you, you're rushing down the motorway to get to church to go and pick the stuff up from Greg's and you think, oh, he's chucking it down with rain, why am I doing this? And you wander out um, a couple of months ago. It was just that, and I thought, I've had enough of this. I've, I've, I think it's time for me to stop. And one of the guys um, living on a bit of cardboard on the high street give him a cup of coffee, and he says, thanks, mate. He says, uh, can I pray for you? Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow, that was God working. Mm. And how humbled was I? This guy living on a bit of cardboard was praying for me. Mm. It's amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. I just want to add something on the bit about how you keep going when you feel like giving up. Um, I've really struggled with that in the last few weeks and really grappled with it. And... Um, One thing has really helped me, which is um, I heard in a preach somebody say, you know, we serve or we love or we do what we do for God because we get to, not because we've got to. And I just said at that moment, Lord, you have to bring me to that point. Unless you bring me to that point, it's no point going back to Thailand or doing whatever I think I'm supposed to be doing because I've got to. Um, And he did. I think it started at that moment and in the following days, and it came from looking at who God is and who, what his heart is, 
and thinking, actually, I get to be a part of his purposes for this person, for that person, for that area, for that neighborhood, and thinking, actually, I get to do that, and that's a privilege. So. Any final comments? Great. Why don't we just thank the, the panel for being involved. So rich to get all sorts of perspectives, isn't it? Um, thank you so much for all your um, texts and, uh, and comments. I can't um, read them all. Um, don't need to read some of them, frankly. Um, <laughs> uh, but thank you for engaging in a bit more of a discussion, a bit more of a conversation. Um, uh, there's probably a whole host of responses for you. So, so in a moment, we're going to stand and, and we're going to do what we normally do and, and just invite the Holy Spirit to, to lead us. We're going to pray for some people down here. And you might already have some, some reason that you want to you come down, but I just want to throw out a few... Uh, little questions. I also just want to mention, we've got, um, I mentioned our Transform team that I just, I just love being a part of. There's a whole bunch of people who are doing, doing some painful and challenging stuff week in, week out, and just, just turn up and serve and, and make food, wash up, do whatever it takes, sit with people and hear their stories. And um, I, I feel blessed to be part of a family that, that put that much resource into, in, into a really hard part of, of, of society, a really, really hard part. But um, we, we've got one of our trainings coming up tomorrow night. We're looking at soul first aid because it really, it really can be hard to look after your own soul when you're looking at, out for others. Um, so we're doing that. We're having some hot, warm puddings. If you're interested in getting a little bit to, to know a bit more about our Transform um, celebrations and, f and just fancy just coming along and seeing what we're, what we're going to talk about. There'll be three people talking. Someone's going to come and Duncan's going to come and help us understand a bit more about universal credit and some of the impacts of that, some real practical stuff. And then we're going to, uh, Judy Keat is going to be speaking to us about soul care. Um, so if you're interested, not just in those topics, but in getting connected with our Transform team and want to come along and meet some, some of the people that, uh, that Simon's talked about, um, tomorrow night, 7.15 for, for pudding, but you just need to talk to me first because it's, it's, a, it's a smaller gathering. It's not a big wide open thing. But I just, I just wonder if there's people here and your response actually is, Do you know, I, I want to get around people. I'd love to be involved in this stuff, but I feel nervous. It feels like a big deal. Um, I don't know what it looks like in my particular context, but maybe being joined up with a centralized context in terms of what we're doing might help me to understand that better. Because what I'm not saying is that we want to bring all this in to be a... a, a, a an expression of what we do in terms of King's Table or street teams, because it looks like a bunch of you guys scattered, just loving mercy, walking humbly in, in different contexts. But um, if that's your response, then, then do come and have a little chat with me, and um, we'll make sure that there's enough pudding to go around. Great. Why don't we stand, if you're able to. Thank you. Just a few thoughts um, from this passage in Luke chapter 19. Zacchaeus was a pretty wealthy man and probably on the outside looked like he had it all together. I wonder who it is that you come into contact with this week who looks like they've got it all together or is frankly just rude and yet God's calling you to spend some time with them. 
I wonder if there's people that you need to invite yourself around to see or to spend some time with. People that you might, that everyone else would just say, I don't want to spend time with them. Why would you go out with them? Difficult people in your office who have wound you up for a long time and have pushed at you. Maybe you need to go humbly back to them and invite them out for coffee. Do a lunch break this week. I wonder if you find yourself connecting with Zacchaeus before you, he met Jesus. Maybe you, you're, just, you're just looking at the impact that you make and the people around you and you think, actually, it's, it's negative, if not neutral. I don't feel like I'm making a positive contribution to the people around me. Maybe you want to ask God to show you what it looks like to climb a tree today. What does it look like to reposition yourself that you might meet with Jesus in a way that transforms the community around you? And then I just want to ask us all, what, what difference does it make that Jesus has been invited into our home? What is the real difference? What does it mean that the person living next door to you, what does it mean to them that Jesus has been welcomed into your house? What does it look like for the mercy of God to overspill from us to those around us? Why don't we just begin to pray? Just invite the Holy Spirit to, to just call you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Thank you, God. Every person in this room has been shown incredible mercy. Jesus, thank you that as we approach Advent, we get to remember a God who did mission vulnerably, who left such comfort, literally left heaven to come and be mercy, to come and achieve forever justice. Thank you, Jesus, that we follow one who humbled himself came to earth and came to die as we close up this sermon series would would the sermon series really take off from this day forward today you're just desperate for Jesus to come to your home you're actually angry at the thought of, of loving someone else because you feel like he hasn't loved you why should I show care to the people around me God doesn't care about me well if I can suggest really humbly that's a really good place to start why don't you just ask God to show you Jesus right now for those of us who who feel so broken by the fact that you seemingly didn't come to our house. We've invited you and you haven't responded. Maybe we feel like Mary and Martha when Lazarus died. If you had been here, 
you wouldn't have died. If, if, if Jesus, if you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. Jesus, for those of us this morning who feel like we're lacking the mercy of God, would you come and show mercy? Jesus.